Hey, this is Jerry Aiken, pastor at Pierce Chapel in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, wherever you may be. I hope that you find the word presented here engaging, informative, and challenging in your walk with Christ. Please check us out online at piercechapel.com. The scripture today is a very familiar one, so familiar as it may be, I would ask that you try to hear it with fresh ears and approach it with a fresh heart. May we all strive to do that. These words are from the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As I mentioned, these uh, words may be very familiar to you. The 23rd Psalm is one of those that uh, oftentimes children learn in Sunday school or in vacation Bible school. It's uh, it's a phrase uh, or it's a passage that even if you watch TV and they bring in a pastor to preach or to say something, this seems to be one of the scriptures they always uh, quote from. If you've ever been to a funeral or a memorial service, you've probably heard the the 23rd Psalm read or seen it in print on the bulletin. It's a very familiar passage, but uh, with familiarity comes comfort. Sometimes the things that we are most familiar with are the things that we cling on to and hold dear because they they give us uh, some some footing to stand on. They, They keep us rooted. And uh, and familiarity can give us a lot of security, or at least a sense of security. Maybe you've experienced this with uh, music, a certain song that you've known for a long, long time that brings back good memories. And every time you hear it, it's just special to you. It holds a dear place in your heart. It reminds you of something precious or someone precious. And and so you revisit that song and that, that familiarity brings comfort to you. Or it could be a memory, it could be a routine, a tradition that you've, you've done over the years. For me, I'll tell you one of the things that, uh, that is very familiar to me and it always brings me comfort is the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> when I was growing up, WLTZ, the local NBC affiliate, uh, would have you know the 6 o'clock local news, but then at 11 o'clock, they wouldn't do the full half hour of local news. Do you all remember this? They would do five minutes of Al Fleming coming on and giving you uh, an update of some things. And then at 11.05, the Andy Griffith show would come on. And if I was fortunate, my parents would let me stay up and watch it. And over the years, I got very familiar with Andy and Barney and Opie and all the gang there in Mayberry. Now, 
to this day, if I'm stressed out, if I'm bothered by something, if I'm worried about something and I turn on and see the Andy Griffith show, there's almost a calm that washes over me. First of all, it's about a simpler time and a simpler place and, and good, wholesome stories, but there's also that nostalgia, the familiarity, something that reminds me of my childhood that keeps me rooted and keeps me grounded. So familiarity can be very, very comforting. But familiarity can also be dangerous because we get so familiar with something, it loses its meaning. Just like with a song you've heard so many times, as precious as it may be to you, eventually you get to a point where you're so familiar with it, you realize that it becomes just sort of background music. Or in the case of the Andy Griffith show, I've seen every episode so many times, it's not as funny as it used to be. There are no plot twists and turns that surprise me. I know what's going to happen. It just doesn't hit like it used to. And it's the same thing with this passage and maybe any other passage that you are very familiar with. You hear it, you grow accustomed to it, you're familiar with it, and it gives you comfort when you need it, but sometimes you become jaded to it. You don't hear it with the fresh ears. You don't approach it with the fresh heart that God is calling us to do so. And so it's in that spirit I ask you again, just as I did before I read the passage, to open your heart and your ears to hear this with some freshness today. Because really what I want to focus in on, what I want to zoom in on is that very beginning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But let's just start with that first part. The Lord is my shepherd. This was a psalm of David, and he was making a grand confession here. The Lord is my shepherd is not just a declaration of who God is, not just a proclamation of God's nature. The Lord is my shepherd is also a confession of who we are. If we have a shepherd, what does that make us? Sheep, right. And so David is saying, I am a sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I am a sheep. And David would be very familiar with sheep as he was a shepherd at one point in his life. And you look at this and you really get to thinking about it. You say, well, David, why in the world would you consider yourself a sheep? I mean, sheep are not glamorous animals. No sports team is calling themselves the mighty sheep. <laughs> sheep don't do anything worthwhile, really. I mean, they, they are uh, not very intelligent. They don't have a great sense of direction. They're helpless. They are totally dependent on their shepherd for care. Even the simple grooming that, that most animals kind of go through or happens naturally, it doesn't happen for a sheep. If the sheep does not have someone trimming it and keeping it groomed, it will look like this. A sheep is totally dependent on the shepherd's care. This actually reminds me of a few months ago when Liam kept asking me over and over again, Dad, I need a haircut. I need a haircut. I need a haircut. He knew that he wasn't going to get a haircut unless I took him and provided that for him. The sheep is totally dependent on the shepherd for even simple things such as grooming. But the sheep is also defenseless. And David knew this. 
David had defended the sheep against bears and against lions and against wolves. He had been out there in the pasture with them. He knew that sheep could not fend for themselves at all, not even remotely. Sheep are vulnerable and helpless. Sheep, as I said, are also not very smart. They're not very clever. They can be deceived very quickly, very easily. There's a thing called the Judas goat. Are any of you familiar with the, the Judas goat? Okay, some of you. The Judas goat is, we have a picture of that. This, this is the goat that walks out in front of the sheep. And the sheep all say, okay, we'll follow you. We'll go where you go. And the Judas goat, they call it Judas because the goat is betraying them. The goat is leading them into the slaughterhouse. And the sheep just walk on in with them. And the Judas goat gets to a turnstile and comes right back out. And all the sheep are stuck in there. So sheep are helpless, defenseless, easily misled. They're also very dirty. Cats, dogs, even birds, they all have a way of grooming themselves. Sheep don't. They just keep getting dirtier and dirtier if left on their own. The shepherd has to clean them. So what is David really saying here? David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I'm defenseless without him. I'm helpless without him. I'm not very smart. And I just keep getting dirtier and dirtier. I have no sense of direction. I don't even know where to go. A lot of times we read these scriptures. A lot of times the Psalms are very communal. We read them in a community together. We make them our prayer together. But I want to point out this Psalm is also very personal. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David is saying, this, this is about me. You know, we can read this together as, as a community, but I have to personally make the confession that I'm nothing without the shepherd. I can't defend myself. I can't clean myself. I can't, I can't do anything. I'm lost without the shepherd. That's what David is saying here. And when we read these words, we are making the same confession, whether we realize it or not. We need a shepherd. We're lost without him. We're filthy without him. We're defenseless. We're vulnerable without him. But not only do we have a shepherd, the shepherd is good. And that's what the rest of the psalm tells us. That the shepherd doesn't just take care of us and defend us. The shepherd blesses us. We shall not want that doesn't mean we won't have cravings and desires and get selfish. And we, we, we all have that. We're human. And there are times where we have our own selfish motivations that get in the way of everything else. David is not saying everything we want, we'll get. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we will not lack anything that we need. Anything that the shepherd knows we need, anything that the shepherd is going to provide, anything that is good for our soul, the shepherd is going to give us. We will not want for anything if we truly confess that we are sheep in need of that shepherd. And we see what the shepherd does. He nurtures. He cares. It says he makes us lie down in green pastures. Oh, darn He's going to make me restore my soul. It's kind of funny when you think about it. 
He makes us lie down in green pastures. He takes us to the still waters where we are restored, where our soul is replenished. In other words, we can't figure this out for ourselves. We can try to restore ourselves. We can try to refresh our own spirits, our own souls, but we can't. The shepherd can. And when we submit ourselves to his care and say, this is the only way we are going to be cared for spiritually, then the good shepherd is good and restores us for his namesake. But so often, we're incapable of surrendering fully. So often, we want to say these words without really internalizing them, without making them fresh in our heart, without making it an ardent prayer from the deepest part of our souls. So often we want to say these words without that total and complete surrender of saying, Lord, I am nothing but a helpless, defenseless sheep. And the reason why we are so hesitant to do that is because human beings struggle with ego, with pride. We want to be proud of what we've done Sort of the American character is grit. We pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. We work for this. We display willpower. We keep muscling through and powering through so we can achieve the thing that we hope for. And when we do that, we're not fully surrendering to God's care. Ego gets in the way. Pride gets in the way. And as soon as we think that we've taken care of that, then we become proud that we've done that. We are not fully surrendering in the way that we do. But when we do, when we say, the Lord is my shepherd, we will find that we shall not want for anything. All that we need, God's hand provides. This past week in staff meeting, we read through Psalm 100. And there's a verse in there that's very similar to this. It says, We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And what I'll often do in those staff meetings is I'll go around the table and I'll ask everybody, how how does that hit your ear? How does that hit your heart? What do you feel when you hear that? And I was kind of expecting some people say, well, I don't like being called sheep. But all around the table, everyone said, this makes me feel cared for. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel nurtured. I feel safe. Thinking of God as my shepherd and I'm the sheep in his pasture makes me feel comforted. But this can only happen when we confess that we are the sheep and he is the shepherd. Something very interesting happens in this psalm about halfway through it. David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He restores my soul. And then, in verse 4, all of a sudden he starts saying, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And it turns into a first-person conversation with God. Somehow, in the midst of this confession, David is moved into one-on-one prayer with God. You are with me even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And this is why sometimes this is read at funerals. But make no mistake, this passage is not about death. It's about life. 
It's about the abundant life. It's about the restoration of life. And even though we walk through the shadows and through the valleys, and even though death is around us, we walk through it knowing that God is with us as the shepherd, tending to us and keeping us from harm and from danger and meeting our needs along the way. But we have to live in that confessional state. We have to live fully surrendered as sheep, relying on the shepherd. That's easier said than done, I know. Claire and I have been watching The Chosen, the show about Jesus and his disciples. And there's a lot of it is, is fictional. It's kind of historical fiction, but there's, there's things that aren't necessarily in the Bible, but it's this, this is what some of these conversations might have looked like that the disciples had with each other. It's a very neat show. Uh, you can stream it on multiple platforms. But there's this one scene in one episode where Mary is gathering fruit. She's picking apples uh, or, or something from a tree. And as she's doing it, she is praying. She's giving thanksgiving to God and she's saying the Lord blesses us with this food and, and it's, this act of gathering food is a prayer for her. And as we were watching this, Claire said, why can't we just live our lives like that? Why can't we just go day to day, moment by moment, thinking about how God is taking care of us as he's taking care of us? Because he's always taking care of us and we miss it. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Why do we not do that? Why are we not mindful day after day, moment by moment of how God is working, what God is doing, how he is loving and taking care of us? It would change our lives in such a radical way if we lived this way moment by moment. One of the uh, versions of the Bible that I've enjoyed looking into here recently is called the Amplified Bible. We have different translations of the Bible, NIV, ESV, NRSV. It gets very confusing, I know. But there's this one version called the Amplified Bible, which takes a passage and then it kind of unpacks it. And it, it, it sort of explains what we're saying in that passage. And I ran across this verse this past week from the Amplified Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's, that's all that's in most translations of the Bible. We walk by faith, not by sight. But the Amplified Bible takes that and unpacks it. And it says that what we are saying there, we walk by faith and not by sight. We are saying that we are living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Meaning day by day, we are living day in, day out, moment by moment in a way that declares we believe God's promises. And God's promises are found here in this 23rd Psalm that he is our shepherd. He restores us. He walks with us through the trials, through the shadows, through the valleys. He even blesses us in the presence of our enemies. When other people wish harm on us, the Lord is with us and blesses us as long as we are living in that state where we are fully surrendered to him, mindful of his presence, mindful of his providence, mindful of his care. The love and the providence and the tender care of the shepherd is always, always available to us but it has to begin with a confession 
on our part. He is our shepherd, and therefore we are sheep. That's not glamorous, I know. It's not pretty, but it's the truth. We are helpless without him. We are helpless without his son, Jesus, who came and said, I am the good shepherd. Jesus knew what he said when he said that. He was pointing back to this and he's saying, that's about me, y'all. I'm the good shepherd. You need me. We are helpless without him. We are defenseless without him. We will stay dirty and filthy without him because we can't cleanse ourselves. We have no direction without him. But when we place ourselves in his care, he is always with us. And we will never, ever be found lacking. All we need, the good shepherd provides. And we shall not want. Please pray with me. Lord, forgive us for all the times where we have not been mindful of your presence, your providence, your goodness. For all the times we have stiffened our necks and hardened our hearts against you, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly. For all the times that we were so proud of what we could do, not realizing that everything we do, we do because we live and move and have our being in you. Lord, move us to a place by your great grace working within us. Move us to a place where we can surrender moment by moment, day by day, and be mindful of who you are and who we are. That we are helpless, defenseless, vulnerable sheep in need of a shepherd, in need of a savior. And thank you for giving that to us, for providing that for us through your son, Jesus Christ, who is with us in every circumstance, not just for the sake of familiarity, not just for the sake of comfort, but for the restoration of our souls. We pray all these things in the glorious and wonderful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and check us out online at piercechapel.com. And now may you know the peace, the power, and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Go to love, go to serve, go in peace. Amen.